lock and load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Good morning and welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. This uh, lovely day. Uh, we're pre-recording this today because my special guest, uh, A.W.R. Hawkins, who many of you will remember was our speaker at last year's convention, and he's the uh, First Amendment writer for Breitbart.com. He's going to be with us today, and we've had a little bit of trouble trying to get this schedule, so we we uh, going to go ahead and do it. We're going to talk about what we think is going to happen at the NRA convention and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, good morning, uh, AWR. Yeah, good morning, Jerry. Great to be with you. I uh, I was thinking last night. I, I was thinking about you need a that AWR is a little bit too long. You need a, a kind of a nickname. And I was thinking about hashtag Hawkins. How's hashtag. that? <laughs> I'm I'm actually down with that. You know, <laughs> I think that would be a pretty good one. Though. All the guys I work with just call me AWRW. Uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who, well, he was sheriff out in Maricopa. That's what he called me. He'd go, W. And, uh, of course, when the sheriff Joe would say something, whatever he hey, said. You listened. Yeah. Yeah. He I couldn't call me that. anything. I said, yes, sir. I understand that. Well, let's tell people a little bit about yourself. You're uh, you're originally from Kentucky. You live in Arizona. Right. You went to school in Texas. Right. So well, you can't be all bad. I can't be all bad. These, so far, every state you've named is a good state. But, yeah, I grew up in Kentucky and. uh Lived there, I think, till I was 21, then uh, bounced around a little bit, and then uh, ended up uh, living in Texas about 17 years, and uh, then ended up out in Arizona, took a job in Arizona ghostwriting for a former governor and a uh, former federal prosecutor, I should say. And uh, anyway, while I was in that in that position, I was able to get the Breitbart position, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I I went to Texas Tech. Uh, went to Texas Tech, got a PhD in military history, and uh, was teaching for a little while. But it made me want to jump out a window right. because the the kids would come into class. I call them kids, but freshmen they come into class. They didn't know Thomas Jefferson for Jimmy Carter. Right. And when when that dawned on me, I'm like, wow, this is. I went all the way through school to help these kids play third grade catch up. Right. And right. So. I just anyway. told my wife, I said, I can't handle this anymore. Right. And in the school, the way it's set up, they would punish me if the kids did bad instead right. of punishing the kids. Right. So I'm I'm done. And yeah, I uh, got the job with Breitbart and uh, been the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we, we've we talked and, and all about how uh, things seem to have just flipped over in this country. When, when I was in school, you had to learn history. That was right. part of it. And you knew what was going on. You knew why we had the American Revolution. You knew who we fought. And you knew uh, what went on through that and what got us to the point where we were. And then it seems like a few years after I got out of high school, which was a long time ago, uh, they just kind of quit talking about right. those things. It's, it's like, that's not important anymore. Let's tell you what's happened since yesterday. Right. Well, and that's, you know it, um, but it's purposeful because they don't want the kids to know any history. And that way they don't have they don't have any heritage to protect with their vote. They that's don't have correct. to worry about voting. Voting's not... Voting's not special. I mean, you know, the number of people that vote, I think, I'm just guessing, has been diminishing. But I think maybe in this last presidential election we saw a change. Trump pulled out some people that 
I don't think would have ever voted yeah. had he not run. There were an awful lot of people that got up and went and, and voted. And I think that's why the polls missed a lot of things. I'm not defending the polls. I could care less if they ever do another poll. But, uh, you know, I think the left has purposely dumbed us down. And it's hitting us on the Second Amendment, you know, because Second Amendment. Then they can say, well, in 2008, Antonin Scalia created a right to keep and bear arms. And you're like, come on. Yeah. You know, this was ratified in 1791. It's a preexisting right. But I bet you uh, 99 out of 100 people couldn't tell you the Second Amendment was ratified in 1791. Maybe 999 out of 1,000. On December the 15th, by yeah. the way. So it's just that's, his, that's important history. And it it, it's just as important to know things about the First, the Third, the Fourth, the Fifth Amendment. These Correct. are all natural rights. But the left purposely doesn't teach our natural rights so that we don't understand these come to us not from government, but from God right. through nature. That's correct. They don't want us to understand that. They don't want you to understand that. Plus the fact, now they do use it from time to time. When it's in their favor, they right. use exactly what's in the Constitution. When it's not in their favor, then they right. interpret it the way they right. want to. Right. And they will talk to us about separation of church and state, right. but I've never seen that Which phrase. Which not in, in there. Yeah, I've never seen it. That's correct. I believe they created that in 1947, and uh, that's a long time after the Constitution was ratified. Right. So. Yeah, the Supreme Court uh Came up with that idea yeah. that yeah we have we do have a separation of church and state right. just because uh, in one of Thomas Jefferson's letters I believe he wrote something about he preferred a, a separation of church and state because he didn't want the government involved in the church right and so many people now uh, say that the First Amendment uh, means that you can't have religion and, and the state can't have anything to do with each other and that's right. not what the, the uh, Second Amendment or the First Amendment says right anybody it says that they cannot create a church. Anybody who travels to D.C. won't have to look at many buildings before they realize if we're going to separate church and state, we're going to have to take a lot of pieces of marble out of those buildings that are in Scripture, There's, scripture that's correct. and prayers. And There's going to be a lot of chiseling done up there by a bunch of stonemasons right. to try to make that, that go away. And, you know, it's also funny that, that uh, we can't have prayer in school, but what do they do before every congressional meeting? What right. do they do before every Supreme Court meeting? Right. No, you're exactly right. They right. open those sessions with prayer. Right. And, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's all a hoax. And by that, I mean the idea that church and state are separated. Church and state are separated in common sense fashion. The job of the state is to enforce a civic order. They enforce right. a civic order. Job of the church is to teach a moral, a morality. Right. And, uh, and so they have two separate roles. But it doesn't mean that they can't complement each other. And it also doesn't mean that they can't actually work hand in hand i'll that's just put right. it that's i'll put it that way doesn't mean that uh that the president can't talk about uh his faith if he wants to he can't say he's praying for you you know he can't do you know yeah so. yeah they carry that to the point of ridicularity in a, right. in a lot of instances ridicularity can we write that word you down can write that down i gotta write you don't write, hear you don't hear this old out. boy from bells texas using that word too often ridicularity <laughs> I made that up on the spur of the moment. That's my country and western word. I made it up on the spur of the moment. I think that's a country song. Yeah, could be. She drove me to ridicularity. (laughs) In in her Prius. (laughs) She drove me to ridicularity in her Prius. See, we're rolling. We'll be. We'll have a song in a minute. Uh, Well, let's talk a little bit about the Second Amendment. We we all know that there's uh, one phrase that's used in the Second Amendment that is used in no other place in the Constitution, and yet... People try to tell us that it doesn't really mean what it means. Right. But yet the words shall not be infringed are right. not used anywhere else in the Constitution. Now, that tells me that our founding fathers had a reason for putting them in there. Right. 
it tells me that that particular right was singular in their mind too. That's correct. That or I should say sets of rights. Uh, because the Second Amendment protects more than just the explicit right. right. But you're but you're right. You know, nowhere else does it say shall not be infringed. And you look at the you look at the people in power and particularly for me, I say the Democrat Party, the the party of gun control, and they cannot wait to infringe. That's correct. And uh it's, but yet they, they do preach on you that we can do that. We can take your guns away from you without infringing on right. the Second Amendment. Yeah, that's what always kills me. The people that want the most gun control tell me that they are pro-Second Amendment. Sure. They don't want to take the guns away from law-abiding citizens. You know, that's what that Shannon Watts says, that sure. bubblehead from Mom's Demand. And she's just, you know, they don't want to take guns. They're not after law-abiding citizens. But they oppose national reciprocity. Well, they oppose every law abiding, every law that gives any law-abiding citizen any right to carry in any other place, they they yep. oppose it. And if, if you've noticed, we've left gun control behind now, and it's gun safety. Oh, right. Yeah, that's The right. only way you can Forgot. be safe from guns is to have them all gone from society. Right. But we're not after your guns, and we're not trying to, to confiscate your guns. Right. We just don't want you to have them. But we do want the military and the police to have one. Now, that's a really good state. I believe yeah. that happened in, in – uh, uh, country overseas back in the 30s yeah, well i believe it's happening right now in venezuela and well, sure. people don't know how that looks just turn on the tv you know and yeah you know yeah it's crazy but they they are opposed they've they shifted as you say they shifted from uh an opposition to i think bloomberg started against illegal guns they right. shifted from that to just pro-gun control period to we want all guns right. i mean and they don't come out and say it but they might as well when you oppose national reciprocity you're opposing license. Remember, mm-hmm. they say everybody needs a license yeah. and training. Right. Well, with majority of concealed carry permit holders, as you know, they have some degree of training. Mm-hmm. They do have a license. They've had a background check run. I don't see a need for any of those personally. I'm just saying that. But what I'm saying is the left undercuts their own argument because these are all the things they said we needed. Well, we have those things. Now I just want to be able to carry it in another state to defend my life. And right. they say, no, you can't do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't want my rights to end at that imaginary state line, That's just it. like we've talked about campus carry. I don't want my rights to end at the imaginary property line of campus carry. I step across that line, I'm, I'm become a criminal. Right. And the same thing with state. If I go from here to, uh, say, uh, North Carolina, if we did not have reciprocity, when I go across the state line, then I immediately am a criminal or can be a criminal and, and subject to criminal prosecution. And I always ask people to think about this. When you cross the state line, do you, you, do you lose your right to free speech? Right. Do you lose your right to free religion? No. And all these rights are of a cloth. If I don't lose one, I don't lose any. That's correct. And people have to understand that. That's correct. And your driver's license doesn't stop being good at the state line either, nor does your marriage license. Uh, we're coming up to the end of the first segment here, and I want to remind you a couple of things. Uh, number one, georgiacarry.org is our website. You need to go there. Everything we've ever done is on there. You can join up. You can uh, renew. You can find out exactly what we're doing and uh, why we're doing it. Uh, you can also go uh, get the uh, podcast at, at uh, the tab that says Radio Hour, and each week you'll see who my guest is going to be uh, prior to them being here. You can also go to Newstalk1160.com and get our commercial-free podcast, and we'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. 
Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. I'm here with uh, my good friend A.W.R. Hawkins, uh, and we're just discussing a few things about the Second Amendment. We're going to talk a little bit about the NRA convention, and we're going to talk about some of the articles and things that uh, A.W.R. has written uh, for Breitbart.com. He's also on uh, a uh, Armed American Radio every Sunday night with Mark Walters. Uh, so. Uh, it's not some guy we just picked up off the street. This guy is really pretty sharp, even if he is from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> go Big so, Blue. Yeah, go Big Blue. Come on down here and see the red and black. Um, what do you uh, What do you anticipate happening at the convention this this weekend? I think it's going to be good. I think uh, I think Trump's speech Friday is going to feel. I just think that it's going to fill the place with excitement. You mm-hmm. remember? Uh, I remember after. S- I remember being at the SHOT Show. I'm going to put it that way. I remember being at the SHOT Show after the Sandy Hook. SHOT Show's always in January. Mm-hmm. Sandy Hook had happened in December. And uh, Senator Joe Manchin and his crew were all pushing gun control, and everybody was tense. Mm-hmm. And there was a push to buy guns based really a lot on fear. Right. And then I remember after the 2014 midterm elections when Shannon Watts' candidates got shellacked, mm-hmm. all the gun control candidates. And I think you all actually had uh, – a gun control candidate here, none, who got defeated in right. 2014. That's correct. Uh, anyway, I remember the January after that. Shot show was just buzzing with excitement. It was like wow. I yeah. mean, it was, and I think that's the feeling we're going to have because you got Trump, first president since uh, Reagan, 1983, to speak to the NRA. Right. And then, on top of that, there's just just Trump's election. I mean, I hate to keep saying Trump, 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 but it changed everything. Oh, you know, when so you too. and I were together at the uh, Georgia Kerry Convention, we we talked about that. When he, he Trump was running, at that time we didn't know who was going to win, but we knew Hillary's going to run on taking guns, right. bottom line. Right. Trump's going to run on defending guns. And once he won, it just changed everything. Uh, I don't I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think the the whole, at least the gun community, breathed a sigh of relief when the results came in right. and Hillary wasn't there because – I could see, I think you could see, another eight years, probably, of having to put up with the same executive orders, the same crap that we had to put up with for the previous eight years. Right. All they're doing is going around looking for some way that they can infringe on our rights without doing it through the legislation. Because they right. can't do it through legislation, so they do it by fiat, through executive director, right. the directive. And it's just not the way this country was set up to be. Right. You know what I think is funny? To be honest with you, uh, not funny, but strange. But you know, there is a way that these that these cowards could change the Second Amendment if they want to. There is a amendment process, sure. But they know, they know that the chances it of them would never doing happen. It, no, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. And so they're going. So they understand. If you look at it that way, and I think that's the way to look at it. Every piece of gun control is an infringement. Yes. Every piece. I agree. Because the only method that the founders set forward was to amend the Constitution, or in this case, amend the amendment. Right. If you can't amend the amendment, that tells you the people don't support what you're doing. That's so correct. Every piece of legislation is even a backdoor uh, gun control, right. if you look at it that way. Right. I, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, I think that the Second Amendment will be amended after the R.A. Uh, amendment passes, which right. that's been up for, well, it's over with now, but that was up for its eight years or so. Right. Never passed. It's not going to pass. Right. And they're not going to change the Second Amendment 
by the natural process or the process set forth by our founding fathers. Right. And, you know, but talking about that, that brings forth another reason that I think this place is going to be buzzing. Uh, and by this place, I mean the NRA convention with Gorsuch on the bench. Right. You're talking about a – you take the Trump win and then the Gorsuch confirmation. Right. If ever there's been a right hook, left hook combo that could knock a guy out, that was it. Oh, I don't disagree with that. I mean, and I, and I, actually, I breathe a bigger sigh of relief when he was nominated right. than I did beforehand. We all knew that, that Trump had, had uh, pledged to – to nominate a, a an originalist right. to replace uh, 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 Scalia, and then he proved it, and he right. said, "Here, this is what we're going to go with." Right. Now, one of the things that I'm looking forward to between me and you is a couple of people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and maybe Kennedy and a couple others retiring right. and allowing Trump to to put another couple of guys on there because if that happens we're safe for quite a while right. and are we i think there ought to be a rule like if ruth bader ginsburg falls asleep so many times during the next <laughs> hearing then she has to quit like if we hear you snore again ma'am we're going to replace you and uh if they would put that rule in place we'd be nominating somebody in about two weeks well that's true but uh, now my understanding that her her uh her defense on that is because she drank a little bit too much wine before. So we're going to have no. to do something about the justices drinking wine before right. they have a meeting, right. perhaps. Right. That might do. That might do. <laughs> uh, but I agree with you. I, I think that the uh, the energy level of all gun owners seems to be a little bit higher. And I think it's it, with the exception of the of the um, progressives. You know, they're all down. They're all doing all they can to, to push them down and say how bad it is. But I think most people that are really looking at, at black and white numbers are happy about what's going on with with uh, this I presidency. I agree. Well, you know, and even people that may not be happy with Trump. You know, I wrote yesterday on the, the growing number of black women mm-hmm. that are arming themselves. Right. Some of those black women made the, they wanted to make the point i'm in this gun deal but i'm not pro-trump they didn't put it that way but right. that's how they put it and that's fine with me that's fine with me but see the thing is i think what's happened I mean, began in sandy hook but i think there were always activists and i mean that not in a pejorative sense but nra georgia carry gun owners for america all these groups were doing what had to be done to protect and where, where possible expand mm-hmm. exercise rights right but most people didn't care. Now what's happened is it seems like this is permeating society. Now what? I've got groups of black women mm-hmm. getting together in Atlanta, Savannah, Fort Lauderdale, Cincinnati, and Dallas. Mm-hmm. And they're they're learning how to shoot and they're buying guns. They're getting trained on carrying guns. Right. right. And that tells me that it's people are starting to figure out, hold on, having a gun doesn't make me a criminal. It might save my life. That's correct. I agree with that. You know? And, you know, it, it also that also brings home to me the point that I've always said: we don't fight for you to carry a firearm. I don't care whether you carry a firearm or not. I don't care whether Marshall carries one or not. It doesn't matter to me. I just want you to have the right to make that decision, and that's what I'm fighting for: is for you to make that, be able to make that decision on your own. And then, of course, if you're going to do it, then we I believe that you should be able to carry a firearm anywhere you go because right. that's where the criminal is going to carry. Right. Well, he's particularly going to carry where you can't. Certainly. That's what I love about the left. You ever notice they say, well, there's no real connection between the gun-free zone and uh, (laughs) name a mass shooting that hadn't happened in a gun-free zone. I mean, I can name a couple, but it'd be hard. Not too many. Not too many. Not too many. I mean, 
The and, guy, it's just common sense. It's like if I'm going to punch somebody, I'm going to try to punch somebody who can't punch me back. That's correct. Well, if I'm going to go fishing, I'm going to go where the fish are. Right. That's it. And that's what they're doing. They're right. looking for fish in a barrel that they can go down there, reach in, and get one. Basically, uh, that's what they're looking for. Right. Make it easy pickings. Right. And to tell you that, that people try to tell you that's not the case. Well, it is the case because if you look at them, the majority of those mass shooters, what do they do when they're confronted with force? Yeah, they kill themselves. They kill themselves. Yeah, they just fold. You know, so as, as I've said, my my uh, theory is let's meet them at the door with force. They can go ahead and shoot themselves, right. and we get it over with. All we have to do is clean up the hallway, and we're on. Right. I agree with you. And it, it's just it's – just, I don't know. To me, these things are just too too easy to, well, to the, see and understand. Well, they are that easy. And I think what you brought up is horrible, not on your part, but it's horrible, but it has to be thought about. These attackers go into these attacks willing to die. That, yes. that animal that attacked Sandy Hook, he was willing to die. Sure that was. animal that attacked Orlando Pulse, he, he knew he was going to die. Sure. Well, if he knows he's going to die, then the only thing that's going to stop him is what you're talking about. It's a force greater than he's bringing. That's correct. And so if he if he's bringing two guns, I want four or five guns waiting right, on him. Right. Or at least, and I've said it before, I, I would even take a teacher with a five-shot revolver. Mm-hmm. At least she has a fighting chance. That's correct. Well, are you going to walk into a room with somebody you know has a five-shot revolver? No. No, I'm not going to either. Right. Not if I'm going in there to, to create problems because I'm not – you know, and you, even if there's if they if you tell somebody there's one get, gun in that room, they're going to the next room. They're going to the next room because they don't know where that gun is. And it, it it's to me it's just common sense. I I just I, I don't understand a lot of these things. But well, you think you think you know, about there I am uh, Senator Chris Murphy, who to me is just above an animal, and uh, Senator Murphy up there in Connecticut, he's saying that the death of people in gun free zones proves the need for more gun control. Yeah. What he right. what he ignores is think about this. I don't know how long this segment's been. It's this segment's probably just been over nine minutes or so, maybe ten. Ten. Well, the gunman in Sandy Hook had almost nine and a half minutes, no right. arm response. Right. Almost the same length as this segment. Right. All the things we've talked about, he was able to walk around at his leisure. And do what he wanted to do. Do what he wanted to those kids. To right. me, that's the crime. Get that's, rid of that gun freeze. You zone. better believe it is. I agree with you. I call them, uh, I call them gives, G-I-V-E-Z, government-imposed victim enrichment zone. That's it. It's exactly what it is. It is for the government to feel good. They put up a sign, and they say, now we've done something. Well, uh, that you're right. That segment did last about that long, and it's about time for us to go to a commercial break here. Uh, I want to remind you one more time, go to georgiacarry.org. You can follow us at, uh, at georgiacarry on Twitter. I'm at uh, gotyourback64. AWR is at AWR Hawkins. And um, you can also go to the newstalk1160.com and uh, download the, the commercial-free podcast of this broadcast. We will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. And welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org's uh, radio hour here on Saturday morning. Uh, A.W.R. Hawkins is with me, and we were talking about a few things during the break that we want to make sure that we get uh, across in this program. And one of the things that we said earlier was about the, the energy that's in the uh, uh, gun community at this point in time. 
uh, both with uh, I think with manufacturers and with the carriers and and uh, guys like me and you. And tell us a little bit about what's going on in in other states. Just you know what we've done here in Georgia. We passed three bills this year. One of them's been signed into law. We're expecting the other two to be signed in shortly. And uh, so what's going on in other states that that doesn't make us look like we're just kind of a one of those uh, right wing states out there that's that's out doing nothing but worrying about guns. Right. Well, it's happening everywhere. I mean, you you know, in North Dakota and New Hampshire this year, they both uh, took away the permit requirement. Right. I think that's an important way to put it because, in other words, they've got the government out from between the citizen and his Second Amendment rights. Right. Uh, you have in South Carolina, the House has passed uh, a bill to abolish permit or a permit requirement, and the governor's already come out and praising that mm-hmm. and says he wants the Senate to follow suit. He's already mm-hmm. going to sign it. In Alabama, the, it's the opposite. In Alabama, the Senate has abolished, voted to abolish the permit. We're waiting on the House, see what mm-hmm. they do. In Texas, the House uh, the committee has just pushed out a bill to abolish their permit. The Democrats are wringing their hands because well, if you abolish a permit, then people will be able to carry on yeah. campus without a permit. Well, yeah. they, they'll be able to carry at Walmart, too. That's how it works. That's correct. They'll be able, you know, that's what freedom is. That's what freedom is. So you yeah. have that and uh, – then, as you say, you have the bills pinned in here in Georgia. You know, you have uh, you have a lot of things going on at the state level. And I think you and I talked on the phone either recently or in the past. But when Trump won, I knew, well, this is the end of federal gun control. But I didn't understand the momentum we had at the state level. Mm-hmm. We got quite a bit of momentum at the state level. And it's it's really going to be unbelievable what, what we're going to do. And, and I always tell people, keep your eyes on Missouri because – you know, Missouri's legislature, I think starting about four years ago, they just they just grabbed it by the horns. Missouri mm-hmm. and West Virginia. Right. You know, last year right. last year West Virginia, their governor vetoed uh permitless carry again and they said, Well forget it, we'll just override you. Right. Missouri, same thing except in Missouri, uh, the the bill was much broader and included stand your ground, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's last year, but what I'm saying is we're coming out of a year where we had some momentum, and instead of it dying, it seems like it's actually getting stronger right? at the state level. Well, we feel like we've had momentum here in Georgia for the last uh, nine or ten years, right. and we hope to keep that. Of course, uh, if we continue, we'll run out of things to do other than sit here and, and play defense right. to, to make sure we keep it. And a lot of people don't understand that one of the important parts of gaining your rights is to be able to keep them right. because the same people that took them away from you in the beginning are going to try to take them away from you again. Right. Well, the good news is, for those who understand this, and I don't mean that in a, that sounds like a very smart way to say it. I just didn't want to get sidetracked. But, you know, a lot of these rights were taken away throughout the South based on racial claims. That's correct. And it's going to be harder to make the racial claim when I have black women arming themselves. That's correct. When I have a growing number of black men arming themselves. And that's not just in the South. In Detroit, I've, we've watched that, that you have black concealed carriers who, who finally understand having a gun. It, you don't just have a gun to be a criminal. You can have a gun to protect the property you own, whether right. it's a lot of property or a little. That's correct. Because your own life is your chief property. That's correct. And so I think I think it's going to be a lot harder for them to make the racial argument. Because, you know, like in Florida particularly, I know, I know, not second-guessing myself here, that 
Florida, the ban on concealed carry was passed originally to be sure free blacks couldn't walk around with guns. Sure. And uh, it's going to be pretty hard for a Democrat to come out in 2017 and push a ban on concealed carry so that blacks don't walk around with guns. Sure. So well, I think we have that advantage. Right. Well, you know, the, the reason that uh, one of the reasons that we got started, GeorgiaCarry.org got, got started, was because we had a thing called the Public Gathering Law, which was passed in 1870, right after the Civil War, to keep blacks from being able to carry firearms in public. And uh, there was no definition of a public gathering. And for 140 years, we were under that same law here in Georgia. We got it repealed in 2012. And the law said you cannot carry to or while at a right. public gathering, which consists of, but is not limited to, right. sporting events, uh, government buildings, bars, um, churches, and um, political rallies. Right. And the only two places that we had in Georgia where it was, it, we had a, a, an unofficial opinion from the attorney general that was not a public gathering was McDonald's and a mall. However, with the mall, he did warn you that you could be in the mall and a public gathering could break out while you were in there. If you were in there shopping and a politician comes in and gets up on his soapbox and starts making a speech, you have just violated the law. Not only that, you couldn't have them in your, uh, a gun in your vehicle mm. at a public gathering. Mm. So it, that's how, how we were here and how long we had to live under it. And one of the toughest things that we had to do, in my opinion, was to get the blacks behind us to try to get this appealed. I mean, repealed. Uh, we right. had we had several of them, and it, that's a, another discussion in itself about why a lot of black people did not want to arm themselves. Right. A lot of them want to arm them; they don't want to stand up and and stand out. Right. And, and I understand it. That, you know, I was I had one guy ask him. He said, "Well, <laughs> I don't like to eat concrete." Right. right. And uh, so there is still. With, when black people are carrying firearms and it's seen by the, the law or by others, they get frightened right. because that's a black person carrying a gun. They get more frightened than they do if, say, you or I are carrying a firearm. Right. But that, that it's normalized as they do it. It is, it is getting more as and more normalized. That's correct. But you're right. But, yeah, they, they've just been so hesitant to get involved. And in the last three, four years, you see that changing. And that, to me, is one of the best things ever. I we mean, do. I know you know. One of the best things is that the NRA is not the old white man's club anymore. Or I shouldn't even say the NRA. I shouldn't single out a group. I just mean gun the gun yeah, rights The movement. gun rights group. Yeah, the movement. It's, it's not in. Right. And, uh, and I'm not against the white man. Old white men wrote this constitution that's kept the country free. That's so correct. I'm not against them. But what I think is important is that people understand, like my friend Maj Toure with Black Guns Matter. I had right. dinner with him last night. What's important is that whether you live in a rural setting or an urban setting, whether you're black or whether you're white or brown or yellow, whatever color you are, freedom is yours. That's correct. And that's what's important. Understand. That means all freedom. It's not just, you know, it's not just that, wow, after the Civil War, we could all vote. Right. It's not just, wow, we all had freedom of speech. No, you can carry a gun for self-defense, too. Right. That's your right as much as my right. And the, the broader we get that message out, the harder it's going to be for people to come in behind us and change these laws. I agree with that. And, uh, and we're going to continue to do our best down here in Georgia, if at all possible. Um, and I agree with you on the old white men thing. Uh, you know, one of the things that I have people asking me about and calling me up, I had a reporter call me earlier uh, in the week wanted to know if we had any black members that they could talk to. And I said, 
sure who are they i don't know because we don't we don't keep track of right. who's black who's a lady right. who's oriental who's Spanish. i mean we have i tell everybody and i believe this to be true we have a cross-section of the populace right we have a percentage of everybody, and probably the percentages, my guess, is, is pretty close to what the actual population is. Right. And, um, but the people that you see, basically, are the old white men. Well, at least me, and the, the other white men are younger on the board, etc. But uh, And that does give a lot of people something that they can throw at. Well, that's nothing but the white guys. Well, no. that's not true. You're exactly right. That's not true. Right. There's a lot of of uh, 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 black guys that are and women that are getting into it and there's a lot of uh, progressives that are are taking up firearms to protect themselves and i i love to see that right that's great and you know why we're talking about this and uh, some people don't like to hear this racial component and i know some people some people it's all they talk about but i think when you're on the topic it's important to understand when i was when i was getting my i did my master's before my phd and i can remember our teachers uh, trying to do their best to make the South look bad in the South. Mm-hmm. And like I've even talked, Florida Florida passed their ban on concealed carry to keep blacks unarmed. You can't hide that fact. It's just a fact. Right. And uh, it's something we changed, and that's good. But you have to understand, this is everywhere. In, in California, they had a ban on concealed carry to keep the Chinese from being armed. Right, right. So you have to understand, it, and has, it, it hasn't just been an anti wasn't just anti-black. It was just a means of what it is today, control. That's correct. It's another it way. It didn't to matter work. what color you were. It was a way that the ruling group, the ruling class could control you. And that's another reason that I stand with that old Texas Gonzalez flag. You come mm-hmm. and take it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That, yep. That's it. I agree with you 100%. Uh, and, and, and I also agree that, that uh, it doesn't matter. Gun control actually started in the South because of the Civil War. Right. But it has moved on to other states, and they did it because of one of their prejudices, whether it was blacks, whether it was uh, Polish, whether it was uh, Irishmen, whoever it was. There was somebody up there that they did not want to have firearms besides themselves. Uh, We're coming to the end of uh, segment three here. Uh, So far, I'm having a good time. Hope you're having a good time listening. Uh, I want to remind you to go to georgiacarry.org. You can sign up. You can uh, see everything that we've done. Everything we've ever done is on our website, basically. Uh, You can renew your membership. You can also listen to the georgiacarry.org radio hour. And you can get the commercial-free podcast here at newstalk1160.com. We will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. Uh, this is our final section with A.W.R. Hawkins, uh, Dr. A.W.R. Hawkins, I might add, Uh Guy that I just affectionately named hashtag Hawkins, <laughs> uh, and we're, we're uh, we've discussed a few things during the the break. First off, I want to thank uh, AWR for taking the time out to come over here and being on the program with us. Uh, AWR and I uh, developed uh, a, a pretty good friendship at our convention last year, and I uh, I want to keep that going. Um, while we were talking uh, during the break, uh, we discussed the number of. Uh, or how well gun control is working in Chicago, Illinois. Mm. Yeah, how well. 
Yeah, you know, uh, last year in Chicago, they had almost 800 homicides, and they had 4,400, approximately 4,400 shooting victims. And I'm just going to say it again because it sounds like I'm making a typo there. 4,400 shooting victims, uh, almost 800 homicides. Well, already at this point, I think the cutoff date was actually a few days ago, April 25th, they topped 1,000 shooting victims already for this year. Mm-hmm. So they're on track for the same kind of year they had last right. year. And I think there were 17 people killed last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't, you know, what? I know on Monday there were either seven people or nine people shot in one hour, mm. and two or three of them died. Mm. But, you know, you go, well, how can this be? Because Chicago had a handgun ban from 1982 to 2010. They had the assault weapons ban forever. Right. They had, they've had every gun control you can think of. And all they've done over and over is prove that gun control empowers evil people that's correct and it puts law-abiding citizens at a disadvantage and what does mayor Rahm Emanuel want more gun control. more gun control of course that's the answer and and i would i was even told one time on i was i was <laughs> fortunate enough one day to be on bloomberg tv right and of course it was me against the against two people the uh, the person from uh, the gun policy gun violence policy or whatever center is out in in uh San Francisco and the announcer, and when I brought up Chicago, they said, "Why do they always bring up Chicago?" Right. Well, because it's a perfect example of why it doesn't work. Right. And and the lady actually said on there the problem with Chicago was the fact that they had not been allowed to uh, to use and enforce all the gun control that they wanted. Right. Well, I can tell you. Of course, you already know she's wrong. I'm not telling sure. you, but. Here's why I know she's wrong. I read Chicago police reports, and the Chicago police, I'm not putting them down, but they they report the murders a few, a few less than some other places. That being said, I've read the old Chicago police reports on PDF, and I put it in one of my pieces. I wish I could remember the name of it, but in 91, 92, 93, 94, uh, the handgun ban was in effect. Right. And in some of those years, they had 920, 940 homicides that's 200 more than we're talking about last year as right. bad as last year was right. that's when all the gun control was in effect right and so what we saw in reality apart from what their miss bloomberg or whoever it was said what we see is when you disarm law-abiding cis they get slaughtered sure it's exactly it's it. what happens it's i mean it's back to the old fish in the barrel that's it i'd have no no opposition i can do whatever i want to and and you know the other thing is the reason we mentioned chicago for people who wonder why do you always go to Chicago, it's just because I haven't felt like going to Baltimore yet. But I can go to Baltimore sure. if you want to. Sure, now, I can go, go to, to St. Louis if that's what you that's want. Great. To do. We can go to Los Angeles. We, we can, can keep. We got places. plenty of places to go. It's sure. just Chicago's an easy one. Well, San Bernardino's had a couple of yeah. good shootings here lately, right. In the last couple of years, and and California has enacted every gun control piece of legislation that bloomberg wants right and, and you yet, you think about it california has 10-day waiting period they have a high capacity magazine ban assault weapons ban they have a 10-day waiting period on firearm purchases they have gun confiscation laws they have gun registration requirements they have gun violence restraining orders uh they have uh, those allow by the way those allow people to knock on your door and take your guns away right. for a year but it's not confiscation no, it's, it's not just, confiscation yeah, we're just taking them for a while and now what do they want? They want to limit you to one gun a month. Right. 
So see, it just keeps. Now, oh, oh, and they have universal background checks. I forgot. Yes, Joe Manchin said that'd keep us safe. Right. That's not doing anything. That's correct. Now uh, they have either talked about or passed, and I don't remember which one. But they talked about running a background check when you wanted to buy ammo. Oh no, that starts January next okay, year. Okay, that's what I thought. I knew they it passed. Was, it was coming up. Yep. So now we got to have a background check so we can buy ammo. Now what what good is that going to do? Right. Well, it, it, what it does is it allows the state. Here's, here's sure. the scenario It allows you think the state of. to control you a little bit more. And, and they find that one gun. Let's say your grandpa came back from World War II and he brought his gun with him, which they used to be able to bring their guns back sure. for more. Sure. Well, that gun's been in the closet. There's no paper trail. Right. Well, if when I go buy the .30-06 ammo for that M1 Grand, they're going to do the background check, and someone's going to go, he's buying .30-06 right. ammo. There's a there's a there's grand a somewhere, there, sir. Yeah, there's and they're going to be able somewhere. to expand that paper trail. Yep, it's not about keeping you safe; it's nope. about more control. It's about more control, exactly. That's a, it, and that's what gun control is about. It's not about guns; it's about control. Right. We all know that. But um, there's there's numerous failures on gun control as we we've, we've all seen. And like you said, California's got it is a gun controller's dream right. as far as legislation goes, and yet. They're no better than, than any of the other states. Well, and you think California, I think their population is 39 million, plus or minus, 39 mm-hmm. million. Out of 39 million, their concealed carry permitting process is so stringent. Right. Only 80,000 people have a permit. Right, and it's a, it's a May issue state. Yeah. 80,000 so, people? Out you of can't even defend million. yourself. Right, right. And then they have laws where you can't carry a gun in a corporated area. So basically, unless you're one of those 80,000, you have to walk every day defenseless right. that's correct drive defenseless either that or take a, a chance of being uh, arrested right. Right. well being there's a, a good chance that when i visit california i kind of make sure i have something with me but that's just me well you, what a good step drink of liquor or something yeah, i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you uh, wouldn't i know you wouldn't break the law i wouldn't break the like law that. no but yeah that that's and and they wonder why they wonder why the state, well, I I don't, but people wonder why the state of California is going downhill. Right, they're they're going broke because they've tried to to take care of everybody, try to put everybody on their payroll, and it, you know the number of illegal aliens, et cetera. It's just right. It's just not the utopia that everybody thought it was going to be. You're right. So, uh, anything else that you think might be happening at the convention t- this weekend? Well. Not in particular. I mean, I, I tell you what. I think one of the big topics of discussion in all the in all of the talks is going to be the solution. To what we're talking about, which is national reciprocity, right? So I do think that's going to be a big deal. And I think national reciprocity. You know, uh, September eighteenth, twenty fifteen, Trump expressed his support for that. That's that's a year and a half ago. He's yeah. already made clear, right? The right to keep and bear arms doesn't stop at your driveway. And we've got a, and we've got a couple of of uh, people who have introduced bills, right? So. If we can get that. I expect that to start moving for long. As I, I said in an interview the other day, uh, even though I'm I'm a strong gun enthusiast, I know that there are things that are more important going on right now in the government right. government than let's just stop and pass this gun bill. Right. I wish they would stop and pass the gun bill, but there's other things, and and we've got to work up to that. Right. And I don't think I think most uh, most uh, people realize that. He was not going to walk in and be able to just start signing bills because they weren't going to be passed. Right. However, he did go in and he did go away with a bunch of the executive orders. He did restore our rights for uh, people on Social Security, for the veterans, uh, and uh, restored the uh, the lead 
shot shells yeah. uh, that Obama put in at the very last moment. Right. So he did do several things right away, and those are things that he could do because the uh, previous guy uh, did him illegal as right. far as I'm concerned. Right. So I expect other things to come. Talking about the national reciprocity, there's a lot of people that say, well, they don't like that because they think the state should be able to control their state. And and I don't disagree with that, except that it's my understanding with the national reciprocity, that means that, um, that uh, our rights don't stop at the state line. It's just like a driver's license. When you go from here to Arizona, every state you go through has speed limits. Right. Every state, you, some states, I don't know whether there's any states, there used to be states that you couldn't turn right on red, and right. there may still be some. Right. So whatever state you're in, it's your responsibility to know the laws and follow the laws right. with a driver's license or anything else. And my understanding, the way the reciprocity is written, is that will be exactly what will happen with this. You have a license, you go into that state, you still have to follow their license right, you're or right. their uh, laws. You know, in some states... Some states you can go into an establishment that serves alcohol. Doesn't right. matter if you have your license. Right. Some states, like in Texas, I know that you can have drinks with, while you have your gun as long as you don't pass the legal limit. It's a, and they look at that limit as the same as the driving limit. Right. And some states, like Arizona, you can carry your gun into an establishment that serves alcohol, but you can't have you can a drink. single drink. Right. So right. see, there are three differences right and, there. And here in Georgia, you can have a drink, yeah. and, and you have to learn. And all you those. can even be drunk. Yeah. We don't. We don't. We don't focus don't that advocate, whole lot. I understand. But uh, the only the only law against drinking and a firearm is you can't discharge one when you're legally right. drunk. Which seems like a rational Which law. Seems, yeah, but, you know, rational. in some states you can carry in a state house. In some states That's you correct. can't. That's correct. Those are differences you just have to know. You have to know. And we tell everybody with the reciprocity laws you have to know uh, what the laws are when you carry there. We're coming up to the end of the show here, and I have had a, a great time with AWR. I want to thank him for being here. Uh, I want to remind you one more time, georgiacarry.org, uh, Twitter at georgiacarry. I'm at gotyourback64. Uh, AWR is at AWR Hawkins. Uh, you can get the podcast here at newstalk1160.com, and um, you can also get them off of our website. Check our website out, georgiacarry.org. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.